a show that takes a critical look at the disparities between medical school education and society's growing health care inequities. Join Dr. Pedro Cuba-Pete Greer each episode as he interviews the experts working to transform medical education and ensuring that future doctors are trained to provide equitable and compassionate health care for all communities. Dr. Greer received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2009, honoring his dedication to providing health care to underserved populations. As Dean of Roseman University College of Medicine in Las Vegas, Dr. Greer is committed to creating a medical school of the future where students embrace the need to unite the heart and science of health care. And now, the host of No Laughing Matter with Cuba Pete, Dr. Pedro Cuba Pete Greer. Well, welcome back to No Laughing Matter with Cuba Pete. I'm Pedro Joe Greer. I'm the uh, Dean at the College of Medicine at Roseman University. And here, live from Studio A in Las Vegas, we talk about issues in society and their interface with both healthcare. And as we start a new medical school, what do we need to teach our future workforce of physicians? You know, sometimes just walking around the city, you come across some of the most remarkable people. A few Saturdays ago, I went to the uh, Jackson Street uh, Fair, right? Is that Jackson what? D Street, yes. Yep, and uh, in uh, the historic West Side. And the very first person I met was this remarkable, incredibly successful, brilliant, and enthusiastic woman, Evelyn Pacheco. She is the first African-American woman that is a plumber, that is a pipe fitter, the only woman that passed the exam in her class, has started Nevada Women on Trades organization. But more importantly than that is who she is as a person and what she is doing for women in our society today. Evelyn, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And it's an honor to be here today. It's, it's an honor to be in front of you, too. <laughs> well, it's, it, the, the truth is it's, it's our honor and for what you do. And it's, it's important that it's highlighted, and it's important also you teach us as educators, what do we need to do to educate the doctor that's going to be the best doctor? This lady is originally from Chicago, and a few people I know of moved north of Chicago, but she did. I'm from Cuba originally, so going to Miami was moving north. The, uh, and grew up in Minneapolis. Is an Army veteran. Went to college. Had incidents in her life that turned her around. Let's yes. talk about that. Yes. You were a single mom. Yes, yes, I was a single mom. How many kids? Three kids um, and, and five grandkids and raising two beautiful women that are going to grow up looking at all of us adults. Um, so, yes. But when you became a single mom, that meant incredible economic strain on us, supposing. 
A big strain. A big strain. Yes, because single means single, yeah. right? It doesn't mean and double. Single, single means single, and mom meets mom, yes. which is huge. Yes, as a responsibility, yes. And, and also um, leadership, wisdom, um, a lot of that. And, and through my journey, I found out that we're here to teach the kids. We're here to be leaders for them. And you happen to be not just leaders for kids, but leaders for this entire community and this entire country. So what got you to Vegas? My mother was here. Okay, that's a good reason. And, and um, I was married at the time, so I was, I was trying to race to get across this line right here <laughs> to, get, to change that from a married to a divorce. Oh, I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> yes, you did it. Go ahead. <laughs> Be honest. Go ahead. Keep going. So you came out here. I did. Yes, I came out here and... Um, the late 90s? Yes, 99. I got here. I pulled in at Target on Maryland and Flamingo at 10.15 p.m. Wow. On a Friday. And um, I was here to change my life. I was here to start a new beginning. I, um, knowing the struggles are real, and I got here, and my background is business. I went to college for business. Okay. And um, so I was working at Cox Cable, and they let me know about the Fitzgerald, which is now Mr. D's. And they said there's engineering job opening for painting, um, HVAC, plumbing, and pipe fitting. And I went, nah, my background <laughs> is business. It's business, right? I don't know. They said, no, go try it. It's better money. It's stable money for you and the kids. And I went, okay. So I went there, and Gene Sagas, I'll never forget him. And he told me what um, the positions were. And I said, and I said, okay, you know what? Painting. There we go. I can paint. You know, paint is easy, right? You get a brush, you go up and down. You know, what's, what's hard about that? He was like, nope, you're not going to do that. You're going to do the room calls for when someone calls and there's a plumbing problem, electrical problem. And I looked at him and said, no, I'm not going to do that. He said, yes, you are, or you're not going to have a job. And I went, no way. Did he just tell me I'm not going to have a job? And it was like an extra 300 a month. 300 a month is an extra 300 a month. And so I tuck the job, and like I do with everything, I jump in there with my feet, my toes, fingers, everything, and I stayed there a year. But during that journey, a lady um, came to me that worked in housekeeping, and she said, you know, my husband is uh, apprentice for the Plumbers and Pipefitters Union. And I went, uh-oh. Now, now you got me in here doing maintenance. Now you're saying you wanted me to do commercial and build big things and, and do all that. And I was like, nope. Not doing that either. She says, why not? Just go see. So I went and took the, the test and did everything and got that call saying I was the luckiest person. And I thought, wait a minute, this is a gambling town. What am I lucky about, right? And uh, he said that you got into pre-apprenticeship program. And if you come down here on Wednesday, sign the paperwork. But the thing was, I was still at Fitzgerald. Ah. So I'm, I'm talking to Gene. I'm like, hey, this is my big, my big break right here. And, and um, you know, Wednesday, they're saying I got to be there to start my first day. And he says, no problem, Evelyn. He said, you go do that. And you know what? If things don't work out, you always got a job at Fitzgerald. And I was so happy. So every year when I made it through the first year, so it's a five-year program. So our first year is math. Our second year is all about plumbing. Our third year is all about welding. Our fourth year is all about HVAC. Our fifth year is just getting prepared to take that journeyman's test. So every year I would call Gene and said, I made it. I'm not coming back. I made it. I'm not coming back. And I journeyed out. And when I journeyed out in 2007, 
I was told I was the first black woman to get a plumber's license. And I was like, I am? I, I, and the I only woman to pass a journeyman's test. Well, which, I, I, which, by the way, it's being changed to journey woman. It's journey person. Journey person. Okay. It's journey person. Um, but I, I was not the first. I was, I was just not the first. But in your class, you yeah, were the only. Yeah, I was one. the first one to to be a African American woman mm. and pass the journeyman's or journey it, person's test in the entire state. Of oh Nevada. yes, state. That's a historical Nevada. moment. It is. It is. And up in Henderson, there's a um, a little place up there where anytime there's anything to do with women or history of women, they put out my plumbing code book that I had and my welding hood, and they put it out there to represent women. Now, you've, you've done a lot, including being an Army veteran. Yes, did that when I was 20. Went into the military and because um, I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something for this, for the country. So you, you had an innately in yourself to give back. Yes. Is that how yes. you were brought up? Yes. Oh, yes. Very strict. Um, I was brought up by a five-foot woman who did snuff and could slam whiskey better than anybody <laughs> in this room, probably, and watch baseball. <laughs> and, uh, and that's who, you know, and the do's and the don'ts, and, and, uh, and my grandfather, too. Um, yeah, always told me, you know, to make sure I do the right thing and, and always taught me that your word is your bond and that's all you have. And once you lose your word, no one trusts you no more. So there you go from being a single mom with three kids, making almost minimum wage. Was making minimum wage. Making yes. minimum wage with three <laughs> children, moving to a whole new town. Yes, whole new state, everything. You, 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 you're not, you did not walk through a door. You ran through that door. Oh, I was driving 90 miles an hour trying to get here, yes. And you accomplished something that no other black woman has ever accomplished in the history of the state. Exactly. But you didn't stop there. No, and, and I didn't even look at it that way either. Because um, I get a lot of questions on, well, how did it feel to be the only black woman on the job? And I, that was not my focus. Right? My focus was my family. My focus is to have an apartment. My focus is to, to pay taxes. My focus is to be part of society. That's what my focus is. And it's interesting. The first black woman in a profession that has very few women. True. In a profession that has, I'm sure, a lot of issues with sexual harassment. And, and few minority women, And too. few minority women. Yes. And a lot of issues with, you just joined the good old boys club. Pretty much. And then you started this thing called... Nevada Women in Trades. Yes. And yes. what was the motivation for that? The motivation, there's two motivations for that, um, was my grandbabies, um, which are now seven and nine, and I'm raising black women. And I wanted them to know, I'm getting choked up. Um, I wanted them to know that there's no bars, that there's no limits, that you can do whatever you want to do, no matter who's sitting in front of you, no matter it's the president, no matter it's the senator, um, no matter who it is, you can handle anything that comes in front of you if you stay focused and you stay on the, on the, on the road. And do you attribute that to your mother, the military, or both? I think all, all of it. And then the other reason is why is because I was told I couldn't do it. There was doors slammed on me. There was things that were said to me, um, and I, I was, it's, it's one of those things, like, like you said in military, you say, I can't do what? Well, let me show you, and then I'm gonna do it this way. That's amazing, that is amazing. Tell me about your work in Pahrump. For yes. those of you that are not familiar with Pahrump, it's the, uh, 
They call it going over the hump to Barum. <laughs> and it, there's, uh, it's actually the, the only place where I think there's vineyards around here, <laughs> yes. apart from other things. But yes, the, uh, yes, and, wild and also, donkeys uh, and horses. And, and, and a growing artist colony. Oh, big time. And, and a big veteran community, too. Oh, really? Oh, huge veteran community. Yes. Um, so we got donated land in Pahrump, and we're going to have a transitional housing with women in trades um, as a training, and also my partners are going to be involved, too. This is huge for me. Um, I, I believe we need to have more places like this for women that can go there. Um, we have women that are going through things, you know, because, you know, us women go through things, um, you know, and so we need a safe place to sometimes go. Sometimes we need a place for a few minutes just to get our head right, you know, and, and the, there we go. So I think the expression is going to change from over the hump to perump to go to perump to get over the hump. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> right? So yes. That, 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 that's amazing that you're doing all these things. And Pahrump is not right around the corner, y'all. It's about, what is it, 45 minutes, an hour? Oh, away? it's longer than that, like an hour. Depends on what part, you know, um, but, but about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, really? Okay, yes. so that's, so you're, you're, you're spreading the wings of goodness. Oh, yes, yes, and, and definitely um, going national, international, Definitely. I hope you're taking your granddaughters with you. I take my grandbabies. You know, I even took, when we had legislation, legislature session um, a couple years ago, I tucked them up there twice. I wanted them to see how that works, too. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. I, many, many years ago, uh, used to give a talk on what I felt were the two most important jobs in America. And no Laughing Matter with Cuba Pete is sponsored by... Roseman University College of Medicine in Las Vegas. We're transforming education by reimagining healthcare and committing to serving the health needs of all communities. And by our generous sponsors listed in the description of this episode. And they are motherhood and teachers. They are the ones that form the future of our society. Unfortunately, we live in a society that supports both of them very little. And I agree with you. Education is very the front fr forefront. And also when I, because I, not only do I talk to But women, education without the guidance of your mother and your family oh, doesn't work. No, no. And, and to teachers are with our children yes. a big part of their life. And when I go talk to the youth, so like I was saying, not only do I talk to women, I talk to the youth also too, because it's important that we talk to them about education. It's important to them that we plant the seeds that you need this to go there. You know, you, you, you can't just come out here and, and it doesn't work that way. Um, education is very important. Everything you've done, you have done. Definitely. But who you are, when you talk about it, you talk about your allies. And it's important. And tell me why. Allies are important. And um, that brings up that on um, September 10th and 11th, we are having a summit called National Alliance of Women in Trades. And the, the, the basic theme for this is to be better allies, to, to talk to each other, to make partnerships, to collaborate. Because one of the things I think a lot, and I'm going to say us, that we forget is that we're here for the community. The community is not here for us. Right. And we need to bring the information to them. So here we are starting a whole new medical school. Yes. A medical school where we hope to have the curriculum for the future. The curriculum where people, as opposed to the old refrain that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Meeting you, what happens in Vegas, the world needs to know. 
and hopefully <laughs> exactly. we're gonna do the same with our curriculum. Now, Uber was not started by a cab driver and Amazon was not started by a book retailer. So if we really want to improve medicine and the way we train our future physicians, True. we need somebody who has a much broader view than we as physicians do. True. What would you recommend to me that we should be? And I have this discussion earlier. Um, I think this is a question that is broad, not just for medical students, but also for the women that come in my training. And I tell them this. When you're doing something like this, this is not a job. This is a career. That's a whole different ballgame, right? And, and no pun on McDonald's, no pun on Taco Bell, but this is a career. This means you focus. This means you don't let things come in the way of your focus. You know, you, you're always going to have ups and downs through life. Life is not cherries. Life is not strawberries. Life is life. And... Um, you, and, and when you have those moments, you, you, you can deal with it. Nobody's saying that you can't deal with the struggles in life. But what I'm saying is don't sit there too long. Sit there for a little bit, dwell in it a little bit, then you move on because you have people that are dependent on you that you need to get to that journey. And, and you need to show up every day. You need to be on time. You need to be respectful. And you need to pay attention. We all need to be respectful. That's something that we're losing in this country. Yes. And it's by example from individuals such as yourself that remind us every single day how we have to be. By, by the way, you have this incredible personality. I mean, if, if you're going to be in a room speaking, I'm going to join that class. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm going to get something out of it. I mean, just instead of just saying what I need to change in the curriculum, I would love to see you come in and just speak to the students. Speak to them about that. life because most of the kids that get into medical school come from pretty affluent families. Yes. Well, we want to do differently here. We want to start a pipeline. We want that first-generation college kid. Yes. That's who we want. We want to give them that opportunity for a career where they have options. They could be a pipe fitter. They could be a plumber. It's the same thing, isn't it? HVAC? No, it's not the same it's thing. the same thing. I didn't know that. <laughs> plumbing and pipe fitting, no, that's not the same thing. <laughs> There's pipes and plumbing. That's all they're, I know. They're both got pipes, <laughs> There yes, you go. Okay, okay, okay. I got that part. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, I would not have passed that test. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. The, uh, is that it's something that when you do that, if you go into medicine, you're serving other people. And we forget that when we go into our careers. Yes, and, and even through um, doing my, my five-year apprenticeship, I got college credits. So the apprenticeship programs also, when you go through the three to five year, depends on what apprenticeship you go through, you get college credits. So I added another two-year degree to my portfolio, which is nice. That's very nice. Not only that, as we're looking at the infrastructure problems in this country, the Gosh. trades need so many more people. The city, the state it needs it. The entire country needs it. Yes. And do. not only that, you can make a pretty decent living with this, can't you? Pretty nice living. I made 100000 when I retired. Thank you. There you go. Yes. My kids Very will never easy. get there. And, and it doesn't matter your background <laughs> either. That's right. doesn't matter where you came from. Does It just matter where you're going. And the difference, as you were telling me earlier, in this country... Women doing the same job as men make an average of only 80% of what the man makes. However, in construction... Yes, it's 100%. It's 100%. It's equal. It's the only 
record, and, and a lot of people don't recognize it for that. And the only thing you're, you're really dealing with the women that are going through that is preparing them against the sexism that occurs. We're, we're the pipeline. We're, we're the pipeline, to, and that's what our program is called, too, pipeline. We're preparing them to get in to construction and and me being my military background it does come out you know and and but I'm very upfront with these women you know there are finer things right there's the money there's this but again you stay focused you come on time you 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 know you follow what your journeyman is doing you know and and sometimes you got to be quiet sometimes you got to take that lump too right when yeah. somebody says something you can't always have a comment every time somebody says something to you. And that's what, that's in any career. Yeah, but th that's really important, the perspective you're giving as being a woman in a man's environment. Because when a physician sees a woman come in, they generally don't talk about those experiences. And the pressure that's on there. And, and, and it's almost something that my gender, I don't know if can deal with it. Being a single parent, trying to, to survive and give your children a future, and then having to deal with the workplace. And then go home and cook. And cook. Clean, raise, and then don't forget about your own mental health. Yes, and how do you do that? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I have a, a good friend that has Sundance Ranch up in Pahrump. Oh. Um, I go up there, I take the eight-month-old puppy that my grandkids talked me into having and getting during the <laughs> pandemic. And, and we go up there and we ride horses. Um, but I, I teach them other things too, right? Before you can ride, you got to clean the barn. You got to clean the rooster hen. You got to do this. So they know that. Um, but um, I like painting. I love movies. And you know, it's very interesting too, you talk about riding horses and things of that nature. We don't think about the incredible African-American experience as cowboys oh, in yes. the West. That's left out of the history books. A lot of things are left out of the history books as far as African-American. You know, oh, yes. you're 100% correct. Yes. And it's important that we bring this to light and particularly what's happened this last year. But I'm old enough That's to great. remember when I got to college, our dorms were segregated. I grew up in the South. And how horrible that was. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, it was, I remember the uh, bars advertising Black Night and White Night. And I was in the most liberal school in our state. Yeah. So that, that gives you an idea of how bad it was. And this year has shown us how bad it's gotten. It's gotten, and plus it, it, it also bring, brought a lot to light. It, it's opened up a lot of people's eyes. And it, it's got people, people, and I even say this now, people are used to just turning their head and not looking that way when there's trouble and saying, that's not me, that's not my problem. But it's all our problems. Yep. Youth is all of our problems. It's not just one person's problem or one race's problem. It's all of our problems. And, right. and it goes back to being allies that we need to be together, we need to be one. And the other thing too is, as you have done, we have to stick up for the underdog. Definitely. Because although we're all equal, I mean, even our DNA is almost exactly the same. Well, it it's is like actually. It's like 99.9%. Actually, we all do have some same chromosomes if you go back into You're biology. Well, yeah. Okay. Ex except mine gave me white hair. <laughs> That's the difference, okay. The, uh, it's... Uh, it's, it's something that you had mentioned earlier. It's about respect. Yes. Respecting the, the fellow individual that's there. Never thinking that you're above somebody. 
Yes, because the outer has nothing to do with the any, right? Exit. You could be sitting down, you don't know who you're talking to, you don't even know, and then they start talking to you, and you're like, wow, I almost passed that person up. Uh, I didn't want to talk to them. Well, you know, it, it, I see it, unfortunately, reflected a lot in my uh, profession where they love the power differential. Yes. You know, the reality is we're, as physicians, we take an oath to serve people. Yes, you do. And we have to follow and go along with that. We have to get back to the virtues of medicine, which are humility, empathy. Yes, and being humble. Compassion. Yes. Social accountability. Seeing a problem in a society and how am I going to help resolve that problem? Not how am I going to resolve that problem. How are we? How are we going to resolve that problem? We need to play well in the sandbox. That's the term I use too. Yes. You know, we we play well in the sandbox. We need to do that. Your journey, what you have done and what you have accomplished, dwarfs any journey that any physician can go through. And I'm a super subspecialist, so I did seven years after medical school of training until my wife finally said, we got two kids, get a real job, please get a job. <laughs> and I kept telling her that the meal tickets at the VA hospital, the kids thought they were credit cards, let it go. <laughs> but the, uh, the, the idea is, is that humility. And... One of the interesting things, if you look up the definition of wisdom, you cannot be wise unless you're humble. Definitely. And the, the thing is, the idea of giving back. Because you give, by you giving back, it's not just bringing up your children and grandchildren, it's them witnessing that. Yes. And seeing that and seeing the importance of those things. And being involved in it. And, and, and everybody learns different, right? Some are touchers, some are viewers. So we got to do all of it. So let me ask you a question. Okay. With all the great stuff you're doing, okay. and anybody out there anywhere in the world that's seeing this, because we even have viewers in Portugal and Isle of Man. And so, and half of our viewers, interestingly, are Canadians. Love those Canadians, not their hockey team, because I'm for the Knights. <laughs> but I love the Canadians. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> if somebody out there wants to contact you, social media, you want to give out your phone number, I don't recommend it, but the, the, uh, is how can they get in contact with you? They can get in contact with me at info at Nevada, spelled out, wit.org. That's info at N-E-V-A-D-A-W-I-T dot org. And we are also on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. And, um, and the other part um, I want to give again is to stay focused um, and to thyself be true. And women in, in, in Nevada, listen to her. <laughs> the opportunities you're giving out there are incredible. My gender, be jealous. Because what you're doing is not only making the infrastructure better, it's making people's lives better. Yes, their homes yes. Better. It's a great six-week program. And um, it's very rewarding. We get them certificates also, too. And, um, we're, and again, we're having a summit, uh, National Alliance of Women in Trades in September at the Mirage. And I'm looking forward to that. And this is in se- September 10th and 11th, correct? Yes, yes. Remember that, September 10th and 11th, go to the Mirage. You guys, <laughs> let me tell you, it's just wander around these street festivals, and particularly in a historic West Side, and you're going to meet the most incredible people. I know that I met one of the most incredible women that I have ever met in my life. Evelyn, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for letting me come here. Thank you so much. I think that 
you've helped us. And by the way, your enthusiasm and your motivation I'm gonna bring you in after every year of medical school so they can listen to you. And, and <laughs> I, I would love it. Yeah, I would love to talk to the students. You're, you're, we're gonna do that. We're gonna <laughs> do that. Live from Studio A in Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Cuba Pete and No Laughing Matter saying thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, and comment on your favorite podcast platform. If you'd like to support the groundbreaking work that Dr. Greer is doing at the Roseman University College of Medicine, please donate at the link below. Thanks for tuning in to No Laughing Matter with Cuba Pete, as together we work to unite the heart and science of healthcare to serve all in our communities. See you next time.